I was thinking the other day, it's been a while since I've given you guys a story about my kids. <laughs> and sure enough, you, you know, patience is never a good thing to pray about. Well, okay, let me correct that. It is a good thing to pray about. However, the result from it sometimes is not exactly what we're looking for, okay? And so, you know, here this morning, Sundays are always hectic, right, in our house, okay? I'm up early. I'm doing my last-minute, you know, deals, and, and Andrea is trying to get her last second of sleep in that she can possibly get in before we have to wake up the masses in our home. And the masses is two individuals by the name of Carter and Caden. And so this morning, uh, you know, we're, I, I was up. I went through my normal routine. My wife's up. She's going through her normal routine. And one of them gets up on their own. Well, that's a blessing by itself. All right? When one of them gets up by the, on their own. Because if not, it's like pulling teeth. You know, Come on, we've got to get up, you know. And he gets up, and he's just got this look on his face. And instantly I'm going, this, <laughs> this is not going to be a good morning. I can tell something drastic has happened. So I go, and I go into his room with him. I said, come on, let's go in here. I figured there's something he's hiding. I get in, I flip the light on, I pull the curtain back. The other one's going, ah, you know, because they're in the same room together. They're sharing them. And, and I, so I begin to look on the bed thinking, some, maybe there's been an accident. You know, something here has happened. And all of a sudden I see this massive glob of gum. Okay, and it's and then I, I went oh what, what is, and I went to pull a sheet. Well, I couldn't pull the sheets apart because of gum. And then I went to move the pillow. I couldn't. It's gum, you know, gum everywhere. And 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 I'm going, oh my gosh! And I'm trying to pick it up, and I'm like, your mother's gonna kill me, you know, because I'm the one that put him to bed last night. Obviously, I didn't check very good, and so. I go, Andrea, I was desperate at that point. You ever been desperate where you're just like crying out? Like instead of, oh, God, help me. It's like, it's beyond your help, Lord. This has got to be the wife, you know? I'm going, Andrea. And she comes in, what, what, what? I was like, there's gum everywhere. And she's like, well, who put him to bed? <laughs> and I was like, I just, uh, uh. And so Caden instantly, the, the little guy, the five-year-old, he looks and goes, you know what? I think it was the tooth fairy that did this. And I said, Caden, absolutely, it was the tooth fairy. You know, and, 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 and here I am, and, and, and so Andrea looks at me, and she says, well, you're going to have to clean it up. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. She's getting the boys ready, and I'm in there. Have you ever tried to take gum off of bed sheets that's been, like, smushed for hours and laid on? And I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm, I'm to the point of, you know, I'm going to throw these things out. We're going to buy brand new. Well, Caden hears me think that out loud, and it's his cars-themed bedding. And oh my goodness, he is like ready to have a meltdown. No, it's my favorite. And I'm going, oh my gosh. So I'm frantic. I'm like Googling, how do we get this done? You know, I've got, son, this is bad timing. I've got to get ready for church. You know, all this stuff. And I got this brilliant idea, brilliant idea, and I'm going to share it with you. It has nothing to do with my message. I just felt the need to tell you a story about my kids and the life of what happens in the pastor, all right? I got this brilliant idea, and so I, I sat there, and I'm like, you know, we have a lint roller. You know what I'm talking about? Lint roll. No, this actually worked out pretty well. 
a lint roller. So I went into the laundry room and I'm trying to find a lint roller. I find it. I go in there and this is for you parents. If this ever happens to you, this works. Take the lint roller and just start doing this. And eventually it all comes off. And you know, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, well, how in the world, why did this happen today? And it was really because of a really poor decision more than likely that I made. And what was that? Trusting my five-year-old that he was going to do everything right, right, and not following up on that. You know, I start thinking to myself, we make some really dumb decisions, don't we? Sometimes there's some messes in our lives that we get involved in, and really it's because of our own, our own poor lack of judgment. And so what really happens is what could have been avoided actually becomes a real serious issue. And unfortunately, within our lives, sometimes a lint roller is not going to fix it. Sometimes we go through moments where there's not a quick fix, and it really becomes what? It becomes bothersome. It wears down heavy on us in life. We're going to talk about a guy today in this uh, sermon series that we're looking at called Running With Giants by the name of Jonah. Jonah made a really bad choice, like many of you have made, maybe not quite like his, but bad choices. Bad choices really sometimes result in some really struggling developmental moments that God uses to transform you and to redirect you back onto his path, purpose, plan, and will for your life. Now, how many of you know it's never always fun when God is trying to get your attention and bring you back on track. Can I get an amen on that? A lot of times it can be painful. A lot of times it can be a real struggle. But let's check out our um, theme verse here for, the, for this series. It comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, therefore, understand the word therefore is a, a word that is uh, connecting the previous chapter to this chapter. Hebrews chapter 11 is, is called uh, the faith-filled chapter. It's your heroes of faith. And take some time this week, take, take a look at that chapter, read it. It tells you about some amazing men and women who did some fantastic things that God really used. But it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. All right. Now, understand this. It's talking about those individuals within the previous chapter and it's saying, look, you got a cheering section in your corner. You have people that are in your life that are encouragers. There are people in your life who are there. They're looking over on you. They're, they're watching over and they're going, come on, you can do this. Don't give up now. Just because you've made a bad choice, it doesn't mean it's all over. There's a, be there's a better way. There's a way to get back on track. There is an opportunity for you to get back into the will of God in your life. Now, the other day, last Saturday, we went, uh, we took the boys to the Shorebirds game. It was Little League night. And uh, so we went up there and it was fun. It was a great time, but we came home. And when we came home that night, uh, we, we done put the boys to bed. No gum in their mouth. Okay, praise God. We done put the boys to bed and, and, and Andrew went on to go to bed. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like ramped up. You know what I mean? You, you ever been there? You just can't. Now's not the time for me to lay down. You know what I mean? This is like I'm hyper. Had too much sugar or something. And so I, I turn the TV on and I, I go to ESPN because that's, it's like God and then ESPN, okay? God and then ESPN. Or the Bible and then ESPN for me, all right? So I go to ESPN and it's like uh, Saturday night, it's like fight night, okay? Boxing. 
I'm not really big into boxing. I like to watch boxing when people are getting pounded. That's awful, isn't it? That's just ridiculous. Pastor, really? It's such a violent sport. All right. So anyway, so I'm sitting here, I'm watching boxing. And, and, and here's these, these two dudes, they're going at it. And this one guy's just plummeling this other guy, just pounding his face in, man. The guy falls down, gets back up, you know. And he's staggering across. And the announcers are like, surely somebody's going to stop this fight sooner or later. Well, it did stop for a second because the round came over. And so this guy who's staggering, he goes over into his corner. And he's sitting there, right. And, and, and he's got this guy, as the guy's sitting there, he's got this guy blotting him on the face. I'm like, dude, he's already been hit in the face too much, you know, stop, you know, he's, he's trying, and then he's got this other guy, he's got this towel, and he's waving him like this, trying to give him, you know, cool him down, trying to rejuvenate him, and then rings again, out he goes back into the fight, and this guy again is just boom, boom, pounding this guy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and the announcers can't believe it, so here's what they did in the middle of the fight, they had the trainer of the guy who's getting pounded have an interview, well, that's bad because he's supposed to be giving direction to the guy who's getting killed right now. And, and so he's sitting there. He's saying, well, what did we tell you? What, what, what did you guys tell him to do? Well, we told him, you know, he's got to he's got to move around the, the ring. He's got to do all these things. And, and the announcer was like, well, obviously not listening. And, and he goes, are you going to throw the towel in? He goes, I might as well, because he's not taking the direction. He's not taking the advice that we are giving him. Sometimes that's how our life is. We come here on a Sunday or we go with inside the word of God or we allow ourselves to be a part of a life group or we allow, and, and we're getting all of this stuff on how we can better our lives and how we can live a more fruitful life. But yet we are going back into the world and we're ignoring it and we're getting pounded and we're wondering why in the world is this happening? Let's finish that scripture. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders. There's some advice for you. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that what so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is what marked out for you. What is that race? That is your life's journey. That is the will that God, that is the plan that God's got for you, okay? It's interesting that the writer of Hebrews says that there are great champions who are what? Watching or being a witness who have already persevered through great storms. So we're running our race and we're, we're calling out some of these great giants. And the one that we're looking at today, of course, is Jonah, who is known for bad choices and huge mess ups. And what's interesting to me about that is sometimes those who have messed up the worst, watch this, can teach us the most. Sometimes those who have messed up the worst are the ones that can really teach us the most. One thing that we can identify with Jonah is that we've all, what, made some really poor choices some bad choices. I got a couple pictures here I want to throw up for you. Some people who made some bad choices. Check that out. <laughs> now, seriously, could you imagine going to Lowe's and seeing somebody doing that? That's ridiculous, right? That's a bad choice. We all know what the end result is going to be, and it's not looking well for him, okay? Let's go to the next one. I mean, like, what you don't know, see, we had to crop that out so you could see it. What you don't know is that they're 10 stories high. And this dude is trusting his friends. I don't have a friend that I'm going to trust like that. Sorry about that one. Now check this one out. Come on, man. Some choices, right, that people really made some bad, messed up choices. We all make them, right? Maybe not like that, though. Hopefully not. 
But here's what I think Jonah would say. He would say this. Remember that God always gives you, and this is very cliche. We've, we hear this a lot, but God always gives you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance, a, and so on and so on. Let's pick up our scripture. Jonah chapter 1. 1 through 5 says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because it's wicked. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now understand that Nineveh would be what is, uh, was the capital of Assyria at that time in biblical times or what would be considered as northern Iraq today. Jonah is heading toward Tarshish, which is on the coast of Spain. So you have God telling, and try to get the mental picture here, God telling uh, Jonah to go northeast and Jonah's going southwest. All right, he's completely going in the opposite direction. Sometimes God's calling us to do things. He's leading us to do things. And what do we want to do? We want to run in the opposite direction. And the reason why is Jonah was heading that way is understand these people, they were wicked. They were mean. They were, you know, beheading people, punishing people. They would come in. They would ravish the land of Israel, taking the people hostage, killing those who had resisted. And they, they were brutal. So for Jonah, it's like, okay, God, you want me to go into this hostile situation and do what? Like, Lord, have you not saw the reports? Do you not know what these people do to people like me? But yet you want me to go there? Know this. That anytime that God gives a direction and gives a leading and speaks something for you to do within your life, or, or, or is leading you or, or is helping you along the way, understand this, he's going to provide the provision of protection. God's will will provide the provision of protection for your life. So God is asking Jonah to go into that city to preach against it and tell these people you need to repent. So let's go one further down. It says, he went down to, to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. In other words, he found a ship that is going to take him in the complete opposite direction. After paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. Let me stop there for a second. That, that little phrase there called flee from the Lord, that is the absolute stupidest thing you could ever do. Can I just be very upfront and honest on you on that one? You cannot get away from God. That is absolutely impossible. You cannot get away from God. It says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, <clears throat> and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Understand this. You make decisions that cost you something. But every wrong decision that we make also costs other people something. See, it's not just you yourself that's being affected by poor decision making. But it's others around you, family, influence, your, your circle of influence, co-workers, other people who are also being effective. Or here's how I like to look at it sometimes is this. God you know, will lead us to, 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 to go a direction or have a conversation with someone and will choose not to do it maybe just to save the embarrassment so we, so, so we think, all right? 
and, or the uncomfortableness, but you don't know what that individual needed to hear that day. So your lack of obedience or your decision of disobedience is causing someone else potentially to really miss out. All right, let's go on. It says, but Jonah had gone below the deck where he laid down and he fell asleep into, or he fell into a deep sleep. It's something how people can sometimes become totally unconscious of the impact of the decisions that they are making. Some of you need to hear that one more time. It baffles me sometimes how people have become unconscious of the impact that they are having on other people's lives through the decisions that they are making. Understanding this, that every decision that you make is making an impact, and every decision that you, that you are making is making an impact not only on you, but on everyone else around you. So this should lead us to a question is this, are we making decisions today that are drawing us closer to God or further from God? Thank you. I hope so. The storm came, they were in a moment of crisis, and now what are we going to do? Has your life ever been in a moment of crisis? Maybe you're there now. Maybe you feel like your life is in a moment of crisis in this season right now. You know, I've been speaking on the last three weeks on this, and this is week four, and the theme of each one has always centered around this. When things are going tough, don't run from God, run to God. Don't run away from his leading, run to his leading. Don't run away from his discipline. Run to his discipline. Yes, it might hurt for a moment, but in the long run, it's so worth it. Jonah wakes up, and he's aware of everything that's happening, and he begins to take responsibility. He says, you know, it's my fault that this storm has come. In fact, you know, throw me over. Throw me over. Throw me overboard. So here's a couple things that we can do. Number one, take responsibility for your bad choice. That's hard. That's a life lesson. What does it mean? It just simply says this, grow up. If you've done wrong, take responsibility for it. Jonah chapter one, verse 12, he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is what my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The first step is for us to simply get to the right place so that we understand and we can be aware that we were in the wrong place and take responsibility for our poor choices. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. What does that mean? You won't be successful. It goes on to say, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds what? Mercy. Or what? Grace. Or here's how I like to say, you get another opportunity. You get another chance. Uh, There was a coach at UCLA by the name of Coach Wooden. Created a fantastic dynasty. But he said this, you are not a failure until you start blaming others for your mistakes. A lot of truth in that statement, isn't there? So now Jonah, he, he has been picked up and he's been thrown overboard. Here's what's great about this story. God knew that Jonah was what? Heading in the wrong direction. 
He made a mistake, and so God brought this storm in order to wake him up from what he was doing. That waking up from the storm actually caused a crisis for a lot of people. But here's what I want you to see. He knew what was going to happen with Jonah and knew that Jonah would be thrown out of that ship. And God, what? Was already prepared for this. Even when we make wrong choices, bad decisions, our God is what? Waiting at the point of crisis to rescue us. He's right there waiting. Now Jonah's rescuing is going to come in, in what is what, one of the strangest stories that you have seen in the Bible. They throw him over, and we understand what this, in the, you know, this, great, uh, this great fish comes and swallows him up. You know, in, in Matthew, Jesus actually validates this. He says that Jonah was in the belly of this great fish for three days, so the Son of Man must die and be on the grave, what, or in the grave for three days before he is resurrected. Imagine this fish swimming around for three days with this guy in its belly. Can you just imagine that? Normally, we take a look at Jonah's life and we go, could you imagine Jonah's perspective? Let's stop there for a second. Jonah made the bad choice. The, the fish was the innocent party who is now being affected. All right, so now this fish has got this, this big old, you know, this person in the belly of it. Could you imagine, you, know, you ever get the stomach bug? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the nausea that happens there, right? I mean, this, this fish can't do nothing. He can't eat. Watch this. He, don't, he can't even, well, he can't even let things go out the other end, right? Nothing is working here for this guy. For three days, the fish is being tortured, so to speak, all right? The fish is going through it, right? And then all of a sudden, what do we know? We, we read that, oh, you know, the fish is in a rough place, so the fish throws up Jonah, all right? Jonah, however, is in a rough place. And he did the right thing while being in this rough place by simply turning to God. Let me stop there for a second. I don't know where you are right now with what's going on in your life, but I'll tell you this, at least you're not in the belly of the fish. But Jonah being in the worst circumstance, predicament, crisis that he was in, it drew him to turn to God. Some of you right where you're at, you need to get into that spot. You need to get into that area mentally, psychologically, but more importantly, spiritually. Turning what? To God. It brings us to our second point. Repent by turning away from the bad choice you made. He repented by doing what? Turning away from, oh my goodness, watch this word. Watch this word. Sin. Does that even exist in our language any longer? What does he do? He repents from his sin. He realizes where he made the mistake. He realizes what he was doing wrong. But what I love even more is, so, okay, let me, before I go further on that, here's what we do. Often, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, God, of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me, Lord, of my poor choices. I know it was wrong. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you, Father. Amen. And then we go about life and we never make a choice to change. We just watch ourselves fall back into the same pattern. And so repentance is really taking us from where we were to where we need to be. The problem is, is we, we allow from where we were to have a moment of repentance, but not fully get to where we need to be and retract again back into the same environment. 
that are what causing us to fall into the same sin. How in the world can you see a difference in your life if you're not making different choices in your life? How can you expect God to better you and to strengthen you if you yourself are not putting your effort involved with your prayer? What do I mean by that? It's simply this. I love how Paul says it. When he was faced with sin, when he was faced with those uh, moral decays and difficulties, what does the Bible say he did? He ran. He fleed. He got as far away as he possibly could. Let that sink in for a sec. Acts, or uh, Jonah chapter 2 verse 9 says, What I have vowed, I will what? Make good. What is he saying? God, I'm going to embrace your will. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says this, repent then and turn to God. It doesn't say repent and turn back to your way. It says, but to turn to God so that your sins may be what? Wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. A man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson said, repentance means you change your mind so deeply that it changes you. We are to what? Turn away from that direction and turn into the right direction. When do we do that? When our hearts turn, we have no choice but to turn ourselves. So really what it comes down to is a heart issue. We knock down the mental capacity of it. Lord, I want to do right. But we're, we're, we're caging our heart in and protecting it so we think and not allowing him to come in and do what's needed. Sometimes we don't like when God comes in and closes doors. But we love it when he opens them. Some of you, what, what do you need? We need some closed doors in our lives. We say, oh, but that's painful. Yeah, get painful. You need that. You need those closed doors. Jonah chapter three, verse one says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. When did the word of the Lord come to him? When he what? Repented. When he chose in his life to turn to change. It says it came to a second time. Here we have God's grace. Here we have God's love. Here we have God's forgiveness. See, the cry of Jonah's heart was to do God's will, but he got so sidetracked. That's easy, isn't it? It's easy. We've got so many voices speaking into our lives from so many different directions, from friendships, from technology, from social media. You have so much that's trying to grab your attention that it's easy. Jonah allowed fear, doubt, insecurities, what? To overwhelm him. He thought to himself, I'm not up for the task. Surely God will watch this. Get someone else. Someone who is what? Maybe more equipped, more talented, more educated. But God had a different plan. He said, no, I want you. I want you. The Bible says that after God came to Jonah a second time, that Jonah, what? He got up and he headed to Nineveh. This brings us to number three, that we need to embrace God's grace. Bringing us back to what I said earlier is, is this. We serve a God of a second chance. Don't allow the enemy of your soul to lie to you, telling you that you've messed up so bad, that there's no way that God could ever use you, that there's no hope for your life. I'm going to promise you this. That is a lie. God has never one time given up on you. And he's not going to start today. God's love is unconditional. 
He is always there. I love it. We get the perfect example through the story of the prodigal son where the father is at the house, what? Waiting for his son's return. Mm. Don't let bad choices define you. I love this. John Maxwell says, grace always runs downhill. It met me when I was at the bottom, not the top. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation. Do you know what the difference between condemnation and conviction is? People confuse these two quite often. Condemnation runs you away from God. Conviction runs you to God. Let me, let me say that again. Condemnation takes you away from God, but conviction brings you closer to God. He, the, the scripture says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. When God looks on you, he doesn't see your sin any longer when you've gone through the repentance. He doesn't see your bad choices. All he sees is someone who he loves, who he calls his son and daughter. He sees someone who, why he gave his only son to die on that cross for. Don't let your bad choices disqualify you. Jonah could have landed on land and God said, Go to Nineveh a second time, but Jonah could have replied, No, Lord, I'm disqualified. Understand this. Know this. That God's calling on your life is true. You may abandon it. You may run from it. But God says, No, I've called you, and my calling on your life is true. Look, we've all taken detours. No matter how many twists and turns there are, We've all taken detours. We've, we've gone to the left, to the right, so to speak, within, within our lives when it comes to the direction that God wants us to live in. We've all taken many of these exit ramps, so to speak, away from the true path that God planned. But you know what I love about it? Is that as quickly as there was an exit ramp to get off of God's plan, there's one to get right back on God's plan. There's a way to get right back in to what the will of God is for your life. That God has never given up. I mean, think about this. God used Peter on the day of Pentecost, even though Peter was in denial at one time. God used Paul, who was a murderer, to write, what, 13 books within the New Testament to do great things, who would probably arguably be one of the most influential other than Jesus Christ within Scripture. God takes imperfect people and he accomplishes great things. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but yes, you have messed up. Yes, you have made bad choices and made bad decisions, but it has never disqualified you from God coming in and getting you back into the right place that he has for your life. Jonah chapter 3, verse 3 says this. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, and he went to Nineveh. Uh, we're about to play a, a short uh, story here for you in a minute. Just wait one second. And I want you to understand, it's this guy named Eric. And uh, he had went out with some friends one night uh, drinking. And while he was out, obviously he had, he had got drunk. He made some bad choices. Go ahead and play that for me.
this, uh, this guy, Eric, he travels with Megan's mom, Renee, and they speak at schools, bringing awareness of drinking and driving. And, and uh, you know, he had went to every family member after that, seeking for forgiveness. He ended up only serving 11 years in prison. But in order for him to get onto the right track, he had to learn to forgive himself. Embracing God's grace and not letting what his poor decisions were define what his future would be. Understanding that because of the poor decisions he made, it was not going to disqualify him for what God had intended for his life. You know, it's important for us to build safeguards around us. To keep us, what, in, in the track of making good choices. And we do that by simply using God's word to guide us. You know, this right here, this is your guidebook. It's your reference point. This is where all truth is and where all wisdom lies. This will always guide you to the best of what God has for you. The shall nots are not there to harm you or to limit you, but they're there simply to protect you. The word of God says it's what a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our pathway. Study it. Allow it to be a part of your life. Secondly, allowing the Holy Spirit or asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom. The Spirit in our lives is to what guide us in everything that we do. John chapter 16, verse 13. I'm coming up to a close here. It says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. In other words, the Spirit of God will never be contrary to the written word of God. Are my choice choices, are they honoring God? How will this affect my spiritual health? How will this decision affect the people closest to me? And then I love this one right here. Lastly, seeking godly counsel. People who are more spiritually mature, men and women of character, people who are seasoned and experienced, what? Within the faith. You walk with the wise, you become wise. You hang out with foolish people, you become foolish. I want to repeat that one again. I love it. You walk with the wise, you what? You become wise. You hang out with foolish people, and you become foolish. God has the very best for your life to live. The secret for us is to simply embrace it. I want you to stand with me this morning. A man by the name of James Hudson Taylor had said this, God always gives his very best to those who leave the choice with him. And what is the first most important choice that we need to have? And that is this, a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship with Jesus Christ. Asking what? Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be my Savior. Be my Master. I realize that I need you and you alone. Lord, be who you need to be in me. Maybe that's you today. Maybe, maybe you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day for salvation. Today's the day, the opportunity, the best choice that you can make for your entire life is the choice to choose Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to uh, close your eyes, bow your heads with me this morning, and I want to ask that question to you today. If you want this Jesus to be the Lord of your life, 
If you could say today, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I just want you to slip up that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. Amen. Yes, I see those hands. Fantastic. Ask one more time. If you are wanting Jesus Christ today to be the Lord of your life, I just want you to slip your hand up. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together as a church. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord, as my Master, and as my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Lead me, guide me in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that moment? Amen. But now it takes us to the topic on hand, and that is choices. We got that choice. I'm believing here today that this room is full of Christ followers. But even being a Christ follower, we make bad choices. We mess up. We cause pain where there didn't need to be pain. We, we put ourselves in situations that are, you know, very shaky at times. We allow ourselves to, watch this, we talk ourselves out of God's will many times for our lives. We talk ourselves out of his plan for our life. We see here with Jonah of, of a perfect representation of that. He allowed fear and doubt. He allowed maybe even inability to affect what God's call was for him. To affect where his life direction was going to go in. Now, it's easy for us to look at that story and go, well, if he'd have just done the right thing, he would have really helped himself out a lot. Well, the same goes for you. The same goes for me. If we would just make the right choices, do the right things, do the hard things, how much pain would we be not experiencing right now? How much heartache would we be not going through right now? But you know, as we went through that story, we understand this, that God is a God of a second chance, a third, a fourth, a fifth, so on and so forth. I, I don't know how many I've had. <laughs> I say it jokingly, but seriously, all at the same time. Many times where maybe God intended me to go this way, I went that way, and the same for you. But every time when it's recognized and I come to the throne of Christ, I say, Lord, forgive me, I come repentant. I want to turn from the wicked ways. I want to turn from the ways that have led me to where I am now. He has always met me right there and got me back on to what the path was. So I believe I'm, I'm, I'm here in a room full of people today who have, you might be struggling with the choice. You might be struggling with the outcome of some choices. Or simply you might say, Pastor, I want to make sure that I stay on track with my choices. But regardless, if that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Everybody gonna look around this time. All right? Absolutely. We made some bad choices. I got a bad one I can tell you about, but I ain't got time. All right? But God always brings us back into his fold. When we come to him, what? Openly, wholeheartedly, sincerely. Let's pray. Father, you see the men and women who are here today. 
And God, you see the outstretched arm that was represented as well as the inner soul that's saying, yeah, I need to get back on track. I made some really poor choices. God, you showed us through your scripture with Jonah, a man who made bad choices. You've shown us all through scriptures with men and women who have made bad choices, but God, they all came to a place where they had to have a decision being made. Are they gonna continue in that way or are they gonna allow their life to get back on track with what God intended? So here we are as a church. Here we are as individuals this morning and we're at that same crossroad. And God, we are saying, Lord, we wanna get on track with you no matter the cost. Father, today we repent of our sin. We, re we repent of our wrong decision-making, our wrongdoing. And Lord, I'm asking that you would show favor upon us and bring us back into the direction that you intended. Father, that you would begin to move the pieces strategically in our lives. God, to where we are back in your perfect will and plan. So God, we thank you in advance for what you're doing. We thank you for your provision of protection. Lord, we thank you for your provision, Lord, of, of, of love that you offer, of compassion that you're continually offering to us. And God, just move us in this season into where you want us to be. So Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, as we close this out today, we proclaim this as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, our Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. We love you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. If you gave your heart to the Lord, come see me. I got something for you.